Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we have conversations with ordinary people to learn how our extraordinary God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited you've joined us. Several months ago on the podcast here, we had my friend Mark Miner come on, and he and I talked about American history. I've invited him back to share his personal testimony, which he's agreed to do. Mark, welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview again. Hey, Brad, it's an honor to be with you. Good to hear your voice. Good to hear your voice, my friend. Mark is pastor of Whittington Church in Whittington, Illinois, which is, let's call it a suburb of my hometown, Benton, Illinois, in Franklin County in rural southern Illinois, about an hour and a half southeast of St. Louis, Missouri. And Mark and I are both graduates of Benton High School. He graduated, like I said, I think before, a few years before I did, but... Mark has been married to Pam for several years, and they have five grown children. And how many grandchildren, Mark? Uh, twelve, and actually one in heaven, 13, but uh, 12 with us right now, so we're busy. You keep busy, that's for sure. He has not only served as a pastor in our community, he also has served on the school board for several years. He was the chair of the school board for several years for our high school, and very active in the community. He's taught there in the at the junior college and done a lot. Mark, you've kept busy through the years. Yes, sir. Yeah, lots of things to do, lots of people. And it's just fun. You know, ministry really is fun. There's a difficult side. But, you know, when you get involved with people, there's so many opportunities uh, to touch lives and, you know, to, to share what you believe to be true to help people. But I also feel just very blessed to be allowed to be in somebody's life. And whether I'm teaching a class, preaching a sermon, leading a small group, whatever it may be, it's, it's always an honor to just be, be a part. I don't remember when I first met you, Mark, like that's the way it is with so many people when you're part of a small town and you just kind of grow up and you feel like you, some point along the line, you meet people and you get to know them and as a young child or whatever. But I think consciously my first memories of getting to know you uh, was in high school as you uh, led our Fellowship of Christian Students that, that, that's correct. organization yeah. there on yeah, campus. That was a few years in. ago. Yeah, just a few years ago. <laughs> but Mark and I have kept in touch through the years, and uh, he's somewhat of a mentor to me in addition to being a friend. So, Mark, I really appreciate you. One of the things that I learned about you in the last year or two that I don't think I had known before, I always assumed you were just a Bitten guy. Just grew up your whole life in Bitten. I was surprised to find out you actually started your journey outside of Bitten. If I remember, Matt Vernon, is that correct? Uh, that's correct, yes. Yeah, my, my dad worked for the railroad, so we kind of went back and forth with wherever his job was. But basically between Mount Vernon and Benton was, was our, so about a 30 30 mile route there, but yes. I guess I haven't asked you this before either, but does this mean you were born in Good Samaritan Hospital? It does. Oh, that's something else we have in common. Oh, really? How about that? I was, I never lived in Mount Vernon, but mom wanted her doctor there uh, in Mount Vernon. She, she was a Mount Vernon graduate high high school graduate herself. And so she wanted. Well, I didn't know that. So see, Mm -hmm. we traded facts. That's great. Good to know that about your mother. So why don't you tell us your story, Mark? We've already started to talk about you're born in Mount Vernon, spent some years in Mount Vernon, ended up in Benton, graduated from Benton High School. But I specifically want to hear about your conversion to Christ. I remember somewhat of your testimony that you were not necessarily raised in a Christian home. So go ahead and, if you don't mind, tell us your story. Love to. Well, one of the 
reasons I love to tell this story is because it, it does emphasize the importance of reaching out to people. Yeah, yeah reaching out is important, and, and that's what I think it's important for us to remember. But uh, I, I just, uh, my neighborhood, my, my neighbor, Mrs. Shelton, perhaps she realized I needed the Lord. Anyway, she picked me up. I remember getting in her car, her station wagon, and going to church. It was a Second Baptist Church in Mount Vernon. And my parents weren't Christians, so this was really my first experience uh, with Sunday school, with any kind of organized religious activity, and I loved it. I loved the singing. I loved the just the opportunity, and I, I truly appreciated my Sunday school teachers. They were mentors to me. My, my father uh, was a good man. Uh, he was also an alcoholic, and so I didn't really have a great or a, a long relationship with him. So I began uh, to seek out uh, and thankfully in church, uh, men and uh, people who would be a part of my life. And so, anyway, I'm very thankful for Mrs. Shelton. She took me. That was my first experience now you with the Lord. And You mentioned that your experience with your father was not long. Did he pass in your childhood? Yes. I was in fifth grade when my dad died and died from cirrhosis of the liver. But mm. uh, thankfully, somebody reached out to him. And about nine months before he passed, he gave his life to the Lord, was mm. saved. He and my mother was ba- were baptized. And so uh, very thankful that mm-hmm. that episode took place. I got to see it. So, yeah, that was my, my experience. So And he worked third shift, so I didn't have a whole lot of interaction. It wasn't a negative, abusive situation. It was just more of a, a deficit in my life. Gotcha. Okay. But uh, this Mrs. Shelton reach out, reaches out to you. You start going to one of the Baptist churches there in town and you're yeah, developing and some mentors. What next? What, what point did you need to see your need for Christ yourself? I, you know, I never I, growing up in Sunday school or in those few years, I, I recognized the need for Christ. We actually moved from Mount Vernon to Benton. And it was a while and I went found another church. Again, my parents weren't Christians, so I just found a church there in the neighborhood and uh, began attending it. Found some great mentors there as well, some names that you would know well, Brett, if I mentioned them to you. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, in the process of that, I just felt at a very young age, really six or seven, uh, I remember feeling the need to give my life to the Lord. I didn't know what that meant, but I remember one time we were out. Uh, actually, my, my father liked to hunt mushrooms. I went out with him. He had me sit in this certain area near a tree, actually where Benton Park is now. You know where that's at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I just sat down there, and my dad went off into some of the briars to, to try to find those mushrooms that in southern Illinois everybody's looking for in the spring. And I remember just getting on my knees there and inviting Jesus into my heart. I just prayed a simple childlike prayer. And then my dad came back and we went home. I didn't really think a whole lot about it uh, and didn't feel, you know, I mean, I felt like I'd done something. But uh, a year later, I was in a vacation Bible school setting and I went forward and uh, had the altar experience there But uh, and got baptized shortly after that. But I really believe as I look back over my life, it was just that quiet moment alone there underneath that oak tree at Benton Park where I gave my life to Christ. And it's been very real to me ever since. That's wonderful. Now, where was that, in terms of the time of this, when was this in relationship to your father's conversion and passing? Uh, I, he was, I probably gave my life to the Lord first, and then his decision, he came to a church, came to actually North Benton Church, you might know of that one, and mm-hmm. anyway, he gave his life to the Lord there, and it was, it was just some months later okay. that uh, he had to be hospitalized and died, so I'm not sure, honestly, on the time frame, but I'm positive that he wasn't a Christian at the time that I gave my life to the Lord. Okay. 
So you didn't tell him right after that happened, you know, on the no. way home from getting mushrooms, you didn't say anything to him about it. I did not. No, mm-hmm. it wasn't part of our discussion and it wasn't afraid. It's just not something that really entered into my mind to tell him at sure. that point in time. Uh, but boy, it was, it was very real to me. You know how it is with those types of memories. You can remember the place, you can remember the moment. And, and I do, I, I still remember at this, at this point in time in my life, you know, that, that feeling of, of, uh, Again, with childlike faith, I don't know how much sin I had in my life that I regretted as much as I just knew that I had a friend for life, and that was Jesus. Amen. We were up at the park a couple months ago when we were visiting my dad up there and walking around the park there. Do you remember? Could you spot the, maybe if the tree's not there still, but the approximate location since you've been out the park, do you ever think about that when you're out there for events or anything? I do, and I don't think I can because it's changed so much. Uh, again, you, you were know, a child, so yeah. Well, that and the roundhouse, if you remember that, that was part of the railroad, the Illinois Central Railroad, for which mm-hmm. my dad worked. So, so that was why he was hunting. That was kind of Illinois Central property back in there, hunting mushrooms at that place. And so, uh, but it's changed quite a bit since the parks come in. So, uh, no, I, I thought about putting a plaque there. Mike Mark, Mark Miner was <laughs> safe here, you know. But oh, that's good. <laughs> Probably not, and probably no one would care, but it was a very special place, uh, an eternal place for me. The reason I asked that is fairly recently on social media, a friend of mine kind of did a a screenshot, if you will, from a satellite imagery on Google of the place where they had surrendered their life to the Lord on like a park pitch beside a a pond or something, and they posted that on Facebook. I thought that was pretty cool. So, uh, Yeah, that is awesome. So your father passes, that had to be a, a rather traumatic experience for you, I'm sure. It was. I had two other brothers, and my mother was pregnant with my my third brother. So, changed directions a little bit in that, in one sense, even though I'm a fifth grader, I kind of become the man of the house. Mm. Um, And my mom was, was, she passed a couple of years ago, but my mom was an incredibly strong woman, and uh, her faith was very strong and growing. And I'm, I'm thankful. I'm a local church guy. I believe in church. I believe in Sunday school. I believe in small groups. And and one of the reasons I do is because even even at that moment, uh, not really knowing a whole lot about the Lord uh, as far as the social implications of it, but the men from the church there began to gather around. They became mentors to me, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I remember coming home from school one day, and you know how big basketball is in Benton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came home one day, and there was a basketball goal in my yard, a, a pole wow. with a basket up. And I'm telling you, if you had a basketball goal in your yard in those days, you were a big deal. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, those are the kind of things that we can do as church, as pastors. As, you, you don't have to be a superstar Bible teacher. Just love on people, especially kids. And mm-hmm. It changes lives. It changed mine. And that wasn't the reason I went into ministry, but I truly believe that, you know, there's a genuineness that you could feel uh, when, uh, particularly, you know, for young men and women, when they see the older people caring and reaching out in that kind of way. And so, I, yeah, I'm very thankful for what the church has meant to me all through my life. So very well said, Mark. The I don't think we really give enough uh, attention to sometimes just the simple acts of love and what a profound impact it can have in people's lives. No, and, uh, you know, I'm not sure where our conversation needs to go or you want it to go, but I I just, one of the things I try to emphasize in ministry right now is, you know, being a pastor is a great job, but honestly, I think you can touch more people being a coach. 
or, or being agree. a godly teacher or getting involved in just some of the basic things, the structures that we've got, that's where evangelism takes place because that's where, it, it, whether you're gathered around a ball field or a soccer field or a tennis court or, or just having a party of some sort and inviting your, you know, your the, the neighborhood kids over, so to speak, uh, that's that's where you build those relationships. And if Jesus is about anything, he's about a relationship. Mm. And, and I think that's what the deficit is that we're seeing in our society today, particularly with the breakup of homes. Uh, there's nobody that, that kids particularly can, can trust or model themselves after. I mean, I think the whole superhero movie genre that's taken off over the last numbers of years uh, is, is indicative of, of the need we have for heroes. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful in my day, a lot of the heroes I had were men who were flesh and blood, who put on their pants and went to work and did this and did that. But they were just normal people, like you said, ordinary people doing it with an extraordinary God. Uh, yeah. Well, that's kind of what my experience was. And I think that experience needs to be replicated today. Uh, in our world. So uh, we need to help men be men. And I know, you know, ladies too, but particularly there's a need uh, in our area desperately for godly men to stand up and, and to mentor to the younger men. You said you didn't know which way this conversation would go. And I think this is a, a good place to maybe pivot it a little bit and take a few moments that we have to touch on some of these things. You mentioned in this time in this day and age, electronic devices, uh, video games, all this, and this lack of engagement relationally, how can we mentor young people when it seems like young people are just staring at screens all the time? Well, they, they may be staring at screens, but uh, there, there really is a way, and, and maybe, maybe you know, uh, engaging them through, I know as a church, we reach out, I know yours does, obviously, through social media and some things like that, but uh, nothing, if, if, if the last two years of the pandemic has taught us anything, it ought to be that we need each other, mm-hmm. and, and that we need to touch one another. And we need mm-hmm. to, you know, that, that embrace, that handshake, that pat on the back, that, that word of encouragement, uh, that's never going to come through a screen. And I really believe that, uh, you know, that's where the church can shine. Uh, we, we do offer uh, friendship. Uh, we, we have a, a slogan at our church. Uh, we probably borrowed it from somebody, but it's called Don't Do Life Alone. Uh, and uh, if I, I still teach for Ren Lake College for the junior college, and I teach psychology, and one of the things I you know I keep up on the statistics, uh, particularly with high school and college kids, I think it's somewhere around forty forty five percent of high school kids today say they are depressed. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know how clinical that number is, but uh, they're lonely. And, and that screen isn't fulfilling it. And all the things that the world's offering, you know, obviously it is not fulfilling them when they're lonely and depressed. I, I you know, Jesus talked about being our friend, you know, greater. I, I no longer do I call you servants. I, I call you friends for everything that I've heard from the Father. I made known to you in John 15. So I, I, yeah, people need friends and young men and women need older men and women. I think that's biblical uh, mm-hmm. to be in their life and to show them the way and just to give them the, the strength and the encouragement that they need. And I, I think that's lacking today. And Again, that won't come through a screen or a YouTube video or TikTok. Amen to that, brother. Well, Mark. Thank you again for coming on Sound of Truth Weekly Interview. It's been such a joy to have you on here and really benefited from this time we've had together. Well, thank you for having me, and I always enjoy talking to you. I love enjoy following your journey as well, what God's doing with you 
Jacksonville and your church and with your, your awesome family. So, uh, you know, you're, you're a blessing to me and I'm just thankful, thankful for the opportunity. Well, the feeling is mutual, my friend. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville. It is copyrighted by Brett A. Mirani, 2022.